what's uh sorry what was today's date again mike october october 3rd october 3rd that means first game of preseason guys <laughs> see that's how we're gonna do the cold open that's gonna be a bit we're che- gonna, we're gonna check that out i'm gonna ask you what the date is okay. and you're gonna tell me game one of the nets first championship season in brooklyn um so yeah we're we're watching uh we were watching the last eight minutes 51 seconds of this nets Knicks game we're gonna unpack our our hot takes um for your for your morning commute, I don't know. Are you gonna put this up on the site tonight? Put it up on the site tonight. You'll see it on Nets Daily tonight. Obviously, if you're listening to that, you know this. Uh, Mike, it goes without saying, boy. The Nets are back. Um, Fired we're, up. We're gonna do. I'm gonna make you do this. Two big takeaways. We'll do yeah. two big takeaways. I've got too many takeaways. That's my problem, bro. Too many takeaways. I like the good segment. <laughs> um, and we'll do news around the league because there's some good news around the league subjects to discuss. So right, gonna, with that, I'm gonna punch that intro. Welcome back to the Blue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys, Facebook, The Glue Guys, iTunes, The Glue Guys, NetsDaily.com, Almighty Baller Radio. Brian. Bless his heart there. It took out your boy, Yakuba Watara. Basketball is it's a little, back. It's a little much. Basketball is <laughs> back. <laughs> you want me to start that chant with you? No, I was trying to call for the cut of you hitting oh. the Nets. The Nets are back. Can't hear enough Never tonight. Enough. Can't hear enough tonight because the Nets are back. Preseason basketball, Brian. Jeez. Um, just watching Watara and Booker together, it's a little bit too much. It's a little bit too much rage for, for one basketball court. I mean, I love I love what I'm seeing on the court tonight. So we are, we are recording this, as we said, in the cold open. It is now 724 left in the fourth quarter, 101 Nets, Knicks 92, 12 seconds left on the shot clock. Brian. Were you hearing Walt Clyde Frazier just, just give credit where credit is due, talking about all the passing, cohesion? He, he's loving the Nets. He's loving himself Dude, some Nets. Who isn't right now? Come on. Um, yeah, so you're going to hear some of these takes. Obviously, if something breaks during the game, we will break in and talk about I mean, it. Even if they let Cody Zeller or Tyler Zeller cough this game up, <laughs> I'm know. still I like that's still a W. We're going to be doing that all season. Yeah. I'm going to be doing it all season. The Zellers, I'm going to mix them up. I mixed up the <laughs> – I didn't mix up Brooke Lopez last season, but probably a couple times I did. Um, Brian, yeah. I'm just going to jump right into this. Uh, two big takeaways. We're going to do Hit two me. big takeaways Hit me. from this first preseason game. I will just say off the front, I think this was an important preseason game, the most important that I've seen ever, not mm-hmm. to hype it up, but because there was a lot of questions with D'Angelo Russell, how would he play with Jeremy Lin, there's a lot of new pieces on this team. Well, they gave him a lot of run, you know. They gave they gave uh, Jeremy Lin and, and D'Angelo Russell a, a proper look together right now. I think I like I like that Kenny's doing that. I like that he's treating it as an actual yeah, we don't practice game. Yeah, because I'm, I'm so like in reality, I guess if you're a really good team, then you wouldn't play your guys as much as he's played. You know, D'Angelo and Lynn. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this team isn't that good, and it is important for those two players to be on the floor at the same time, getting as much experience as possible together. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know what you. I so my initial take on that situation. This is one of my takeaways. I don't want to waste one of my takeaways on this. Unless if you, that's one of your takeaways. <laughs> I mean, I'm waiting to hear it. I, 
Okay, so we've had a lot of worries about what D'Angelo and Lynn would look like together on the floor, what the offense would look like. And I think the interesting thing is is that we already kind of I'm already seeing at least sort of the moments of how it would look. Mm-hmm. One guy brings up the ball to the floor. There's a picker in the middle of the floor, center of the floor somehow. I've saw this was a couple of times tonight with Lynn and Russell. Some center, Mozgov, whoever was in the center of the floor at the top of the key, the guy would kind of drive a little bit, pass it to D'Angelo. Lynn would pass it to D'Angelo. D'Angelo would pass it to Lynn. Then the other guy would kind of drive in, and then they would pass it back, almost like back and forth. Like whoever was getting the pass would then immediately drive to the hoop. I think that's the way to do it. If they're gonna, if you're gonna have two ball handlers, it doesn't make sense for both to be hogging the ball. It makes more sense for the the second ball handler to then take it and drive it straight to the hoop. Um, big takeaway number one, Brian. Let me hear it. My big takeaway is Rondé Hollis Jefferson's obvious improvements with his ball handling skills. Yes. It's it's uh, one of those few things where it's like it used to really pop off the the old TV screen um, how how you know how out of control his dribbling was I have yet to see that tonight and he's dribbled in traffic and finished on some very tricky plays stuff that he used to just cough up there and kind of you know reward himself for even thinking to do it in the first place now he's finishing those plays competently and confidently yeah which is interesting because don't you ever one up me like that again on the show <laughs> all right it's because. Uh, Rondé, while he, it's not like he's a shy person on the floor. He was obviously not feeling himself. Mm-hmm. He's not a confident shooter and he wasn't a confident ball handler. At least yeah. tonight he was confident. Well, ball we handler. were talking about this a bit, uh, that he was a little bit on an Island, you know, when he would get the ball in the flow of the offense, if you can't dribble and you can't shoot pretty easy to defend a guy that can't do either of those two things. He was all second chance points, all like right. guy off guy, someone else creating everything for him. Yeah. His defender, like a, a great thing for your, for Ronda Hollis Jefferson's defender would be him getting the ball. So you just, you just get up in his grill and he's, he's going to panic. He's not going to make wise decisions. It was a, it was a bad scene. So now that he can seemingly dribble like pretty, uh, he had a nice low dribbles, keeping his body low, his crouched position. It's, it's all, it all optically looks very good. Well, it was very obvious. It's so you, what's funny is when you follow guys on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, they, you know, they post their workouts and you can see the drills that they're doing. And it's obvious he worked on the drill where someone was charging at him while he was standing at the free throw line he takes the jab step to the right or left and then dribbles to the hoop. It seemed to be that was the drill he seemed to be working on, at least from the way he was playing. Mm-hmm. There was at least three times tonight, I think, that he he it wasn't that he was at a wide open court, kept dribbling and scored. It was guys in front of him and he had to make some sort of little move, little change of direction to get to the hoop. And if he, in fact, can do that, and there's another interesting thing is that Kenny said, uh, I think last week, that he's looking at Rondé playing five at some times yeah. this season, which you, is going to be so much You love the fun. sound of that. Because that just makes the team <laughs> so much more exciting. Yeah. I mean, so my negative takeaway would be Jared, Jared Allen. I mean, I'm not going to be too hard on him, but really? he, he looked shaky, looked super shaky early on. He did not want to... Every time that he set a pick, he did not want to roll to the hoop because he was afraid that he was going to get the pass. You know, I noticed that you sort of were looking away at the times where he did good things. I, I wanted to kind of be like, hey, did you see that? But you were kind of like, you had to do something in the kitchen or something at those times. <laughs> I, that was a real thought that we, I had. I was like, I hope that you're not missing. Because, like, he, I mean, well, I agree. I'm sorry that my wife and I had cookie dinner tonight, Brian. <laughs> Jesus. 
There is no, there is no, <laughs> there is no kindness that goes. I'm so sorry, Brian. Goes, and, um, I'm sorry I couldn't lock my eyes I'm, right on the I TV screen. I am going to vomit this up all over your computer, your computer equipment. Damn it! Um, here's what's going to happen, Mike. I'm going to tell, tell you about me. Jared Allen's skill set. What is it? Different from what you were seeing. So, yeah, I agree that in the flow of the. Um, in the flow of the offense, he was a bit lost or in the defense, but there was little glimpses of things that I think show, you know, plenty of promise there, which is fundamentally like hands. Everyone was talking about those hands. And normally I kind of just throw that away. It's like, that's a, a thing you say about people, right? Noticeably difficult catches, uh, on a pretty regular basis. He, the ball's flying around like loose balls, just kind of gobbled them up. Um, those types of things for a guy, for just, for just a baby boy. For just a baby boy. You don't know any better. And his first game <laughs> in preseason is, uh, like, I, I, like, those are good signs to me. I, I'll take that. Like, a guy not knowing when to roll is, like, you'll figure that out. Maybe. Uh, but, uh, oh, oh, we're getting, we're getting blown up. I'll go the other way. I think he's a bust already. And this is going to really? be the worst. No, no, no. I mean... He's what? What is he? Nineteen years old. First game is actually in Madison Square Garden. It's tough being a center coming straight to the NBA because you're already an awkward player. He's played with bad point guards his whole career. I'm just saying. Well, he's he's making a little nice little move right over here, screening guys off and trying to play See, a little I offense. You, you're finally paying attention. It's it's going to be. I'm just saying it's going to be one of those Jason Collins. It's not going to show up in the stat sheet. No, I, but I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> no, I'm. Just I, I don't nobody, want that. Nobody either. wants that. Um, I just, I hope that, uh, obviously this is for, again, first preseason game. I'm not going to go crazy with Jared Allen not being awesome. I was kind of already buying into the hype because Kenny Atkinson had talked about the fact that I think we're going to get contributions from him sooner than later. You were hearing little rumblings of the fact that Jared Allen was looking pretty impressive in camp, at least being a contributor. You know, I just wanted to see a little bit more. I was excited to see him play. And I think it. He showed what he actually is, which is a very raw 19-year-old, whatever he is, uh, center who, again, didn't have that much, like, didn't play that much quality basketball even at Texas. Um, that would be, so that's my negative takeaway, but that's not my big positive takeaway. Brian, your another takeaway is. I'm just looking at who Nick from, from New Girl is. What, um, what does that mean? Do you, know, do you watch New Girl? Somebody tweeted at us. Yeah. Chad, Chad tweeted us. What did he say? You look like Nick from New Girl? I, th- I guess that's what he's saying, but I don't know. He didn't say it specifically. It could be you. Didn't know Nick from New Girl was part of your pod. It does kind of look like me, though. That person. Like that in that shot. That does look a little bit like me. I'll give him that. Yeah, he actually, that's your style. <laughs> no. no, it's not. Ruffled shirts. Um, Ruffled <clears throat> shirts. Other one. Well, hey, another. This isn't, this isn't a big takeaway. Give take me a big takeaway. This is a mini takeaway. No, I needed. Timothy Mozgov. In the flow of the offense, chucked a three. Yes. Yeah, that, that's a mini <laughs> takeaway. That for sure is. And that was exciting to see. And he wasn't pulled out of the game immediately. Um, it's. It, what was your impressions of Mozgov in this game? Um, I think he looked bad. Probably don't have that many impressions, <laughs> which, which isn't a great thing. Um, you know, this is also, guys, let me preface all this by saying this is just one preseason game, everybody. Let's not get carried away, of course. Jared um, Allen standing in the cor- the corner three position right now on offense four oh seven left in the game. If you're following along with us, I mean here's um, here's my other big takeaway. I guess if I had to say one, I'm making you. 
Um, the the lineup that was out there that was making some very you were also in the uh, other room with your wife doing not cooking things that I wasn't allowed to be part we're rubbing of. ointment on my dog Ugh. um and so <laughs> what it's you, my ointment finger oh god get no, no, I didn't I didn't do it um and anyway so the lineup that was out there while they were zinging passes for multiple plays back to back plays i mean it was really a remarkable thing i was i was pretty glued to the screen this is the end of the third quarter glued to the screen you know how i get, you know how i do mike um the lineup that was in there was <laughs> spencer dinwiddie joe harris quincy ac uh, uh trevor booker and isaiah whitehead which does that scream to you like a cohesive unit does that seem it's the opposite of right a cohesive that seems unit. like something that should be a, a chaotic nightmare but Credit may be very well due to whatever is going on to allow a that lineup to be make, making passes like that because that I, I would I would put many defenses up against what I just saw with that crew and I don't think that there would be a ton of success guarding it. Well, and that's another interesting thing is that Kenny's uh, you know substitution patterns in this game has essentially been five on five off for most of the whole game mm-hmm. um which i love i always love five on five off there, there's no it's extremely clear if you wa- actually watch this game i know it was tough too because it wasn't on yes and it was on msg and everything like that but um the the nets are better prepared than the knicks are the i mean the knicks have had like extreme flux on their team the guys were just brought in recently because of carmelo no one knew it but the nets seemed like a more fully formed team already in preseason game one and the Knicks did. I mean, the Knicks may end up winning this game. Who knows? As we're recording this, but but those are Zeller. Those are Zeller minutes. And and and, and yeah, the Zeller minutes. So and actually, what's interesting right now is we have Zeller and Jared Allen on the floor. I mean, do, is that going to be a lineup that's ever used more than ten minutes throughout the entire season? Probably not. But I th- I would lean more towards that the Nets are going to be going Ronde at the five, extremely small, than going really big, which is what they're doing right now. But again. I'm I'm enjoying Kenny Atkinson's approach because I think, you know, we've suffered through dumb coaches. I'm just going to mm. say dumb coaches sure. um, who sort of tried out the lineup that you would expect and then they don't really do much with it and there's no, like, mixing and matching of players. Kenny Atkinson, at least right now, seems to be experimenting when he should be experimenting. He's experimenting in the first preseason game, seeing what guys can do, seeing what lineups kind of work already. Um my big takeaway number, I think this counts Damn, as my number you one. you see that? Spencer Dinwiddie is just teeing off, bro. I know. F- friend of the pod, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, who neither of us wanted to introduce ourselves at Nets Media Day. <laughs> no, I didn't do it to you. Yeah. Um, what? You're just a baby boy? Anyways, my big takeaway number one is Damari Carroll's activity. Brian. You were high on Demary Carroll. You were literally high on Demary Carroll. You're getting. getting I cut off a piece of his hair and I've smoked it. Yeah. Um. He. So okay. He's extremely crucial to this team because well, one, he's the salary dump. He's the salary dump beyond Mozgov on this team. But I've I've kind of talked about this before. His contract is extreme. Is very interesting. I think what they. This is the last year. They there's one more year after this year, right? Yeah, I believe so. If he plays well this year on this team. And they rehab his value to the point where he's like 90% of what he was with the Hawks. That's a lot. But let's say 90%. He's a trade candidate. Extremely, like, with pretty nice value going into next season. He's another... They eventually they eventually could have gotten two first-round picks out of acquiring Damari Carroll. Getting the first-round pick. Taking on the first-round pick from the Raptors to take him on. 
And then I, I really do think if he plays like this, if he's this healthy. So if you watch the game tonight, he was active, hitting threes, running the break, things he wasn't doing with the Raptors when he was unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Unhealthy, I don't know. Not healthy. Um, if he is that player, if he's that dynamic, like he was with the Hawks, that means, one, he's going to be one of the five best players on this team this year. And two, he will have a lot of value for a team that needs, uh, you know, a 3-4, small ball 3-4 type dude. Such a smelts thing. You know, you, you rehab a guy's value. <laughs> you get the chance to be like, give him a daddy contract on this team. Like, you know. Yeah. And no, you're just thinking, how, how, how do I, I get? already flip him. <laughs> Danny Ainge, man. Yeah. You know, I'm ruthless just like super that. Super cutthroat. But. I mean, so there's so many things, and we're going to do a good preseason review or season review pod. One of the things that I will be watching, like let's say the fourth thing or fifth thing down the rung will be Damari Carroll. Mm-hmm. How good is he this season? Because if he's actually a contributor beyond a salary dump, then that's extremely valuable for this team and valuable for the trade market. And that's all, I mean, they don't owe anything to Damari Carroll, so... Um, so that's my takeaway number one. How about this Knicks crew, though? Like, the, the Beasley to Lee fast break that we saw was really... <laughs> that's, like, stuck in my in my mind. Beasley, Lee, Kyle O'Quinn. Yeah. Um, Can you think of two more? Joakim Noah's didn't even play tonight, We were talking right? about this. Three players you want on your team less than Courtney Lee, Michael Beasley, and Joakim Noah. Like, I can't think of three guys, like, I actively don't want more than those three people. Well, like, okay, would you take any of them over Mozgov. No, no. Yeah, no, right? And I, I don't love Mozgov, obviously, but... No, um, I really dislike Courtney Lee. I'm sure he's a fine person, but the way he plays basketball... I mean, he's not that <laughs> fine of a person, actually. He was on the Nets, and he griped and moaned about it, and we traded Vince Carter and Ryan Anderson for his... Anyways, don't get me started with that. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney Lee. So, yeah, I have a lot of prejudice against him. Well, and, and also, uh, this is, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. Should yeah. we say what happened earlier? I don't know. Tonight? It's kind of dark, dude. Yeah, you? I don't know if we need to bring that up. There's an ambulance, anyways. Um, that, to... that happens a lot at that building, though. Yeah. But um, I'm going to get down on the floor with you and see what this is like. Yeah, this is kind of nice. It's like a little. Uh, uh, did you ever see Mr. Baseball? No. Well, so, it's uh, Tom Selleck. It's a great movie. Tom Selleck is like a washed up baseball star who is an asshole. And he gets traded from the Yankees to like the like a a team I don't know what they're called but a, a Japanese baseball team mm-hmm. and obviously it's you know fish out of water but he's also an asshole so an asshole fish out of water who uh, meets a woman and learns you know to be a better teammate and be a better person while being in Japan and in it he eats on the floor with her family. As they drink delicious looking soup. I was watching not to not to get too off topic, but please Anthony Bourdain that show on CNN. Um, yeah, I know. There was one of the ones where he's in Japan and they have grills in the floor of their actual house and they sit around it and get crunk and eat off the grill. It was like that's I want that. That's the I, life you want. I want that experience. Yeah, I think that's the life I want too. Yeah, um, I, I want gr- I want grills and more pieces of furniture. I just want a grill. Yeah, like well, how did we not? get grills in the fireplace we had fireplaces with what's up with not having grills in there you know what like having like a grill in like on like the in mat? A, in, an, in a fireplace like in your living room fireplace like a spit <laughs> yeah yeah by the way brian i i got can i bring this up 
I mean, you just had barbecue for the first time no, like, I in didn't, your entire I didn't, life? No, it wasn't that I just, like, I just have, like, that specific kind of barbecue. Like, <laughs> like barbecue barbecue? Like south, southern barbecue. Give like, it a I've, shout out. I've eaten, oh, I was at Hill Country. Sponsor the show. Just kidding. Not really. But, hey. But, hey. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I don't know. It was a lot of smoking. It was, it was, Brian's never had barbecue. I just think, I want to point that out. And you <laughs> came over here wide-eyed. It wasn't that I've Saying never had. My wife I've never and I, had my wife. <laughs> you <laughs> insulting you your family with my talk of smoked meats. Um, <laughs> I didn't have. I've had this barbecue is what you before. Said. You said I've had smoked salmon before. Oh okay. my god, dude! You're taking this so out of context. I was like, I'm not That's sure. The context? No, the context was I'm not sure. I love smoked flavors that much in like meat, like. I mean, I it's welcome in small doses, i.e., smoked salmon, <laughs> oh but not in the heavy doses, Dude. perhaps of a don't rewrite history. That's exactly don't rewrite history. Smoltz's version of things is so <laughs> demented. I'm a journalist, so please don't exactly question. fake news right here, <laughs> yeah. busted. Uh, what's not fake news is my takeaway number two. Okay, you ready for it? Hit me, D'Angelo. Selfish, still selfish. He Damn. Brian. Listen to me. I don't know how I feel about this take. Um, you you may find this might be the first time we disagree on this podcast. Man. <laughs> I, w- okay, maybe I'll preface it this way: is that the D'Angelo that I want is one who almost never looks for a shot. Who what? is com- yeah? Because well, no, I want one that is completely within the flow of the offense. I want D'Angelo to prove that he can be within a system and fit within what Kenny Atkinson and most of the rest of the players are, are doing. I don't want James Harden. D'Angelo, I want. Dude, I don't know what he ended up with, but I think Brian. Pretty good. Brian Fonseca said he was. It was like ever. He had like a very fi- efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely efficient. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like he was had a great game. Yeah, I'll bring. And, up, I'll bring up exactly what he did. Please. Like it's and oh the 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 Nets have won eight fi- or one fifteen to one oh seven. Um, yeah, we won. Hey, we won. Do you have a, we? There should be a we. We need to make a we one drop. Uh, I don't have one. I have this instead. Who was on crack? That's just as good. How's that work for you? Um, D'Angelo played 20 minutes and scored 19 points. Um, and had four assists. What was his percentages? 50 from the field, 50 from three-point line, perfect from the free throw line. A plus 19. T- and the- tons of criticism from your your own But he had a smells. turnover, Brian. <laughs> okay. So, so you saw that game and you were like, this isn't going to work. Yes. Yeah. Because he took 14 shots in 20 minutes. Dude. 14 shots in 20 minutes. Are He's you our me? only, like, the potentially super talented offensive player we have, dude. We need him I know, to but, be chucking this season. But I think it's important for him not to think that he's still in the Lakers and that he has to carry this team. I'd, I'd rather him be a worse scorer this year if it meant that he was more within the flow of an offense and a flow of a team concept. And I'm just saying tonight there was, there was a four or five plays where he – Drove and had guys around him, and there were other guys open on the floor, and he didn't look for them. He got four assists in 20 minutes. That's really good. He was a creator for himself and for others, which I'm fine with, but I'm just saying. What did Jeremy Lin do tonight? Can I see that? Two for nine. Mm-hmm. 21 minutes, eight points, three assists, three rebounds, three Are turnovers. You, I'm more worried about D'Angelo Russell suffocating Jeremy Lin's potential than I am. <laughs> Are you actually? No, no. Yeah, really. don't say that. Um, I mean. Jeremy Lin's going to get. Never mind. I don't want to talk, dude. 
it's time for you to start taking Jeremy Lin seriously on this show. It's just, it's just you got to start doing it, okay, dude? Ronde House Jefferson only had two rebounds. Here, here's Damari Carroll. We didn't talk again. We see brought up Damari. You see how he just ten points, four seven shooting, eighteen minutes, eight rebounds in eighteen minutes. The dude was hustling out there. I think he's going to be extremely motivated. He's going to be Mr. Chip on the shoulder. We need to do a chip on the shoulder rankings for this team because number one is D'Angelo. Mr. Chip on the shoulder, number one. But so I think DeMar's number two. Ideally, how many shots per game is, is D'Angelo? How many minutes per game that's is he not, playing? Man, that's not how I – you know, I don't care about shots per game. I care about where they come in the offensive series, bro. Oh, good Lord. No, I'm just saying, again, there were a couple of times in the game when he would drive – kind of with his head down, and get into a position, and he would sometimes score in that position, but there were defenders around him when really that's not going to be how a two-point guard offense needs to work. There still need there still needs to be some flow back and forth. It can't just be a, a river downstream, and the downstream ends up into D'Angelo land. Right. You know what I saw? I saw a guy super under control, super chill, somehow moving like a little bit slower than everyone, but still getting to his spots and, and jang people up pretty ruthlessly oh my god the reason why he was moving slowly was because my the stream of our game was was breaking uh, in and out uh, god. <laughs> sorry uh my dog is licking brian's face we're right on now the floor yeah we, we're on the floor right now uh, um are you happy with what you saw from d'angelo yeah dude i'm super happy you're a sheep Th- that's exactly you're a what sheep mike you're not gonna we're this team is not going to be the 2004 Detroit Pistons, okay, Mike? We we got to <laughs> we, we got to get that's what I'm, that's what my shown production prediction is for them. Yeah, we got to get um, we so, got to get some star power, brother. Okay, so let me ask you, and I, this is this is a good question. Thank you, Mike, for asking it. Um, what type of D'Angelo does this team need? James Harden's type D'Angelo. If if there is one in there, I want to see it. I want to. I want to. I want to free it. I want to excavate it. Um, yeah, I want it to come out of of the the crypt. You know, uh, the what do they call that in, in Indiana Jones? The the Ark of the Covenant. Sure, and melt everyone's faces. Um, that's what I want to see. I don't. I don't want like crisp passes and twelve points per game. Like that's not what I need to see. I want like I want a breakout you, year. You, I want twenty five points per game. You, I want I want craziness. I want you, you actually do want the entire focus of the team around D'Angelo in terms of offensively. Yes. The fact that he's going to get the ball and he's going to have the green light to do whatever he wants. Like, I think whatever he wants is not going to be as destructive as you think. He no, 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 no. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. In, in a, in a word, yes. But like with obviously some restraint on it, obviously there's no, he, he will have some governors on, on that free to do whatever he wants. I think free to do with it whatever he wants within reason. If he starts getting truly, truly crazy, then you know, rein it in. But yeah, because I just want him. I don't want him to become Devin Booker. Like, right? Pe- people no. hype up Devin Booker a lot, but the reality is his teams his teams stank, and he's mm-hmm. part of the reason why those teams stank. Yes, because he he's Devin Booker could have been a better Clay Thompson offensively, not defensively, but a better Clay Thompson, mm-hmm. and he's veering into. Like the best version of J.R. Smith, yeah, which is not a compliment, right? Um, I don't want. I do like obviously if D'Angelo became James Harden, that'd be amazing. But I I want D'Angelo to be more of a well-rounded player. That as the Nets add more pieces, D'Angelo can incorporate them into his little hive. I don't want it just to be the D'Angelo show 
and then this team is completely dependent on D'Angelo. I wasn't, you know, that I'm not it, saying that's what happened tonight. Yeah, that, that didn't occur to me as like a as a possibility. But it's my worry. Yeah, it's my worry, Brian. I know you have a very. I know you like things to be very egalitarian, but you know what? We have to we have to get some value out of these guys, Mike. We got to start getting some some real talent on this team, and you know this is a star driven league, Mike. You, you've heard me say that a million times, I'm sure. Just well, kidding, I hate when people say that. Um, I will say that we also we didn't get any Levert or Crab tonight. Crab was hurt. Levert, I don't know if Levert was hurt. What's um, no Levert? I think Levert is hurt. He had some like he also had some foot ankle issues yeah. going on. I think I think I saw Puccio tweet about that. Hmm. Um, Hollage boy Anthony Puccio. But um, what? So that's going to be another interesting development is because those two guys are going to be two of the top six players on this team. So throw them into the mix. I, I the next preseason games we get like us coming up in this slate. If we're going to look forward a little bit. I'm going to be looking at Alan Crabb to see what what his role is going to be. Alan Crabb talked when we were at Media Day. No big deal. We were there. Um, he talked about being a Kyle Korver type. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to me that that's what was said because I think a lot of us in the Nets media verse, when Alan Crabb was brought over, we're talking about like what Alan Crabb could become. Like in terms of like maybe he'll handle the ball more. Maybe he'll like become a little bit more of a driving to the hoop offensive threat. By him saying he's going to be like Kyle Korver, that's not what he's going to be. He's just going to be a dude who shoots threes. So I'm excited to see Kyle Korver, Alan Crabb on the mm-hmm. floor for this team. Fair enough. You want to do some news? Let's do some news. Here's the drop. It's the news! All right, go, go. All right, news around the league here. Uh, let's, let's go. So this is somewhere breaking news today. Um... They're changing the all-star game format of how teams are picked in the all-star game. Did you game. not know about this happening? No, it's it's happening. Breaking news as in it happened earlier today. But, but no, I mean, really? Oh, okay. I think this is new. New. This, it, I think it's new that it came out today. I got a, I got a guy. That's the thing. Oh. <laughs> did you actually <laughs> know that ahead I of time? I did know that ahead of time. I thought everyone else did because he told it to me like four days ago. No. Right. Should have tweeted it out. Jeez. Blown up a spot. Um. News around link here. Um, I actually still don't even understand it. I didn't ask enough questions at the time, and then I didn't read about it. It's one of those things that I read, and I read the headline. I feel like I got the whole story. I mean, basically, they're gonna the all star teams are gonna be the players are gonna be picked. There's gonna be a pool of players, and then captains will be chosen, and those captains will choose the players. It is what um, the NHL has done before. The NFL has now done. Leagues do this because all star games are boring. For the most part, and the NBA is trying to gin up more interest in the actual game itself. But Brian, will it create more interest for you? No, I mean, here's the thing: you just raise the stakes, make the game mean something. Isn't that isn't that how this works? Yeah, but but what what does mean something mean? Not you can't do like a West Western Conference gets the automatic four games at home in the finals. You can't do what the baseball did because that's that's a joke. Um, I don't know. It I has don't know. to be money. It has to be like Warren Buffett comes in and says, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the winners will get each five million dollars, and the losers will owe yeah. three million. Oh, pay, that would them. be good. That would be good. I don't know why we need pocket. Warren Buffett. Yeah. <laughs> so that way, also getting invited to the All Star Game might might suck for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just avoid it. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's going to be funny to watch for the first. The first year they do it, but it's it's not gonna 
it's it, be they're gonna be if, like I, like um d'angelo russell makes it on his rookie contract and he's gonna have five yeah yeah i guarantee in three years this is gonna be gone it's just not this is not gonna be the way that they're gonna do this thing it's just it, was there ever a time when the all-star game was like meaningfully competitive where, where when was the year that that happened because i mean it seems to have really become just a just an obscene joke I think I think I have a theory about all star games in general because this is all based off of my life. I think when you're young, all star games matter. Your life full of all star games. Well, like when I was young, I cared about the Major League Baseball all star game because one, that was also when interleague play wasn't that common. Yeah. So you'd see blah blah blah. In the NBA, I remember being like, "Oh my god, these guys are all playing together." When you're young, you don't think about the quality of the game. You think, "Hey, look at all the stars that I love. They're all playing together." Mm-hmm. I think. As we all get older, we all see how lame yeah, the actual so. event is. We yeah. don't care anymore. Um, yeah. Especially football. I mean, because that, that game itself is like, obviously you need 100% effort for the game to be interesting. And if there's not 100% effort, then it's not that interesting. Um, basketball is just, it's never going to be interesting. Unless if they do it like... Like, if we incorporate, and, you know, I don't want to over-talk about Hoodie Mellow, but if you can incorporate sort of that vibe that they had this summer, because this summer there was all of those, we got all these videos of guys playing pickup games together, and they seemed exciting. If you could somehow grab that vibe in a way, if I was the NBA divisional marketing, if I could figure out a way to grab that, I would do it. But Wait, can you explain to me Hoodie Mellow? Like, I, 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 keep, I keep hearing people talk about Hoodie Mellow, and I think I missed the seminal hoodie moment. Like, I see that he's in a hoodie. That's w- it. That's the only – it's that he was practicing – like, he started practicing in a hoodie, and videos were being tweeted out, and then people started commenting on it, and then he saw that, and he's now trying to capitalize on those comments. It's not – What does it mean, though? What is what is the semiotics of, of Hoodie Mellow? It's it's literally just that he was in a hoodie this summer playing basketball. But does that mean like he's like now in like and like, and like and all the obviously all the clips that were coming out like that he's sad or something? Or no, like, well, no, it it he was good because you know, all all those clips where he's like playing with other players, he hit he's hitting shots while he's wearing a hoodie. So they were like, hoodie mellow is basically like Superman with his cape. The hoodie is oh that makes God. him have superpowers. But oh, it's this. it's not something I care about. This is the same people that anytime. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski p- posts something. Watch bombs, watch bombs. It's like, oh my Shams God. bombs. Sham, Sham, well, wop- Sham oh said God. it first. Dude, what are Shams. you guys doing with your time on Twitter? What's going on here? Yeah. I mean, sorry for any listeners who are into that kind of thing, but all of our all of our listeners are. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys. Um, I just don't get. I don't. Uh, that's not how I tweet. You know, that's not how I live on Twitter. Oh, by the way, uh, we will be doing a preseason listener email pod. So send those in. Uh, netspot at gmail because we're going to start pulling them all together it's going to be one big episode that we're going to do we yeah. i don't know if we're going to do it with like bob wind or net income i shouldn't say his full name well yeah i think we everyone knows it now um we're going to do it at some point we have to figure it out so yeah. please send us our way um yeah we're, we're gonna have to start editing through those mike we'll have to do it properly your boy lou estevez people like that you know get get it going start your typewriters up now um the number two news story in news around the league is LeVar Ball pulling LaMelo out of high school and homeschooling him. Um, if you don't know the story, which is it would be shocking if you didn't at this point, LeVar is pulling his youngest son, apparently actually his best prospect, that's what at least what LeVar Ball thinks, um, out of high school because, one, he hates the coach, 
and he can train his son fully. Brian. Yeah. What do you feel about that? Uh, I I gotta have an opinion about this, about this stuff too. That's an opinion. On all, <laughs> about, uh, among all the other hot takes I have, I gotta talk about this child. I don't know. I don't care. Is that is that okay? That's fine. <laughs> Can I just say, okay, before this, I'm not, I'm not. This is not like the moment in my life where my whole perspective on Levar Ball has changed. But before this, I was a Levar Ball supporter. Okay, mm-hmm. I thought everything he did it was coming from a place that I'm a dad. I love my kids. I'm kind of crazy, but my love, you you don't judge love. You didn't see that as sort of shamelessly capitalizing on. And he also loves attention. Yeah. He loves his kids. Loves attention. Okay, that's what I thought about him as a human being. Uh, now this happens, and I'm worried that we're heading to a place where it's like that child actor whose parents pushed him to do certain things and removed him from normal society. Macaulay Culkin. And that person, Macaulay Culkin, becomes deformed socially. Mm. De- That's what they call that. Deformed socially. Okay. <laughs> That's the word I'm going to use. De- <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That actually, I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm worried that he is going to become that... I'm I'm a big I mean I know there's like obviously successes from homeschooling, that's fine and I, and like if you legitimately want to go homeschooling that's fine. In this circumstance, it's more about it's not even about homeschooling. Homeschooling is not the thing that that he wants his son to be a part of. He wants his son to be removed from just regular society so that he can train him in this little basketball lab so he can be the best player he can be. Lamelo himself, you know, you're taking quotes from a 15, 16 year old, but he says that he's excited. This is a quote from ESPN. He's excited about this change in his scholastic life quote, because I can spend all my time now and dedication into it. It becoming a basketball player instead of going to school and doing book work. Well, like actually, if you go to homeschool, you're still doing work. It's not like he's going to go on vacation. I'm on, I'm being honest about this. I'm not trying to be, I think this is not the path. Whatever happened to the SAT meaning? So you used to hear about SATs all the time. Nobody cares about the SAT anymore. It sounds like, right? I don't know. You never hear like, oh, he didn't make his SATs. Like, oh, you, not that not that they should. I don't. No, that's a good point. I obviously don't care, but I think because you just don't. You don't there's, hear about that. That used a, to be a thing, right? There's not a single player who couldn't get into a certain college, at least right. that you heard about. Yeah, because they couldn't. He didn't have the SATs to match. Like in like hoop dreams, like they they couldn't get there. Like you guys aren't going to go. You can't get your. But SATs I'm sure that happens, and I'm sure that's also kind of why Kentucky is such. Because their standards are yeah. so low. I mean, it's such an obviously like token. It's so dumb. Everything's so dumb about it. But um, yeah, you just never hear that anymore. I'm not worried about him. He's going to be fine, Mike. People are resilient. He's not going to be socially deformed. He's going to be super fine. Socially deformed. <laughs> yes. I met, although I did know one kid in college who was homeschooled. He was the only homeschooled person I ever really talked to. And he was kind of socially deformed. <laughs> he was, and he yeah. just had a real chip on his shoulder about being smart. Like he didn't, he wanted to let everyone know that he was. Like that, it was pres- like really smart. He was from a prestigious homeschooling program. <laughs> 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 really? I mean, he, I'm, I'm I'm catching jokes on it, but he did like yeah. he made it obvious that he wanted your like respect as a thinker. And you know how Mike? I know you like people like that, Mike, especially. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Free thinkers. Um. Last one. Shoot. Kevin Love is being the is the center for the Cleveland Cavaliers. The small ball movement has won. It is now basketball. Small ball is now basketball. 
Kevin Long Love ball. Is, Long ball, baby. Long ball is basketball. Um, and also, like, quick aside for the Nets, if more teams do what the Cavs are doing where they're putting actual power forwards at center, again, you can move Rondé to the five. You can put – you can even have, like, Damari at the five at times. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be completely devastating. Uh, it's just an interesting move by Ty Lue to stick – Kevin Love at the five and just completely admit that like, you know, it's screw it. Just it's almost like in baseball when, you know, there's the belief that you need a closer and you need to be in the ninth inning slot. When like in reality, the most valuable thing you can do is actually to move them around in high leverage situations. Basketball, it would be silly. I don't even know who the Cavs starting center would be besides Tristan Thompson, who is actually also a power forward. Um, It's just them admitting that we're, we're not going to be dumb, and we're going to put our best five players out there. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm excited to watch some Cavs basketball. I always kind of like those teams. I like I like LeBron James' teams. So I'm going to come out and say it. I just like watching the dude play. I, I mean, I kind of had a little Twitter stream about this, but it makes me happy that LeBron and Dwayne Wade are back yeah, together. They seem to generally love each other. It's nice. It's You know what's nice about watching basketball the way that we do, Mike, is that you get to see the whole long arc. You know, you get to see it gets where, where that relationship used to be, you know, tainted, vile, putrid even. Now it's a source of real joy, you know. Yeah. Now they're back together. Old, now old man love. love. It's like, it's, it's nice. Incredible. It's like um, uh, Walter Matthau and uh, Jack Lemmon. Beautiful. I can't remember anyone's name anymore. Are those are the right names. God, yes, that's hundred like percent right. I feel like my noodles cooking down here on the floor. All right. Um, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back. We'll have more episodes. This preseason is just getting going here. We're going to do our kind of plan coming up. Just so you guys know, unless you went on the thing, we're going to do a listener email pod at some point. We're going to have a guest on at least one at another point to talk sort of about the nets in general. Um, We'll do some NBA preview stuff in our own little fun way. And that is what the kind of process will be as we work up to the season opener. Two Which, two pods a week during the season, Mike. For are sure. You, are you ready for that? Yes. Okay. And again, just to let people behind the curtain, those two pods will be each a little different. You know, mm-hmm. it's not going to be format the same format for both of them. We're going to throw stuff at you. Uh, Brian was going to come up with all of that, and I'll just execute it. That's how we always do it. Um Take us out, Mike. What hey, do you say? Hey, iTunes. good night. Hey, no, no, no. We got to hey. say five-star reviews. Please, if you would. It actually really does help us. Gets us all the, you know, it gets in the stupid iTunes algorithm. It's the, you know, helps, you know, every day be. And Twitter, at BK Glue Guys. Am I right, Mike? Did I yes. get that right? Um, NetsDaily.com. AlmightyBaller.com. Check out their other pods. If you like this one and you have, like, a weird interest in some other team, why i don't know if you're a knicks fan or whatever they got a good knicks podcast all that stuff check that stuff out um but yeah five star reviews and uh mike what do you say buddy hey thanks for listening yeah listen to mike good night everybody take care